Welcome to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. These shows are unedited, uncensored, and unbelievably good. I would love it if you joined us on Instagram when we go live with awesome guests and great topics. Just follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and click on the live shows tab on my profile. I hope to see you there. Enjoy the show. Hello, lovely people. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. Wendy Valentine here. We have an awesome topic today and an awesome guest. Today we are going to talk about ketamine for divorce, depression, and dependency. Yes! And I'm going to share my own personal story with ketamine with you. I've actually done it twice. It was awesome. But we'll talk about that. All right, today's guest is April Pride. She is an entrepreneur and a visionary. April is the founder of The High Guide, what an awesome name, a podcast all about women changing their lives thanks to altered states. She is on a mission to help women get to their right high with cannabis and psychedelics. Concurrent with her work at The High Guide, she is the CEO and founder of, oh, I'm sorry, at Of Like Minds, a portfolio of brands in which she's invested and for a few serves as an advisor. Prior to her current roles, April founded Vanderpop, which was acquired by Canopy Growth in 2018. She also co-created and served as the inaugural host of the podcast, how to do the pot. You got to say it just like that. How to do the pot. (laughs) A creative and designer by training. Wow. April started her career as an interior designer. She holds a master of arts degree from Parsons School of Design and bachelor of arts degree in architectural history from the University of Virginia. She is all right, everyone, please welcome April Pride. To- so tell everyone a little bit more about you. How did you go from interior designer to uh, having a podcast called The High Guy? <laughs> Probably some, some truth in that, right? Um, so I, yeah, I went to architecture school. I grew up at a time when if you were creative, this I learned after the fact, but you either went to architecture school or you went into advertising. And my parents were in construction and in and building. And so, yeah, it just made sense that if I were going to be the first one to go to college, I probably would study something that was along the lines of what I grew up with, but more in the creative realm. So mm. I um, had an interior design firm and I found that I spent my day shopping and that wasn't really, it just wasn't with me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think when you do it for fun <laughs> with your friends, it's very different than when you have to do it for work, right? So, um, yeah, right. it required that I shop and that I be a good project manager. So I was pretty much dead in the water after a few years. I was like, no, this isn't going to work. So I launched a product through my interdesign firm and I loved that process. I loved sourcing, actually sourcing overseas mm. and, um, building a website, figuring out how to connect with my consumer, you know, all of that, which I had never done anything like that before. And that process, that creative process that I owned from start to finish, I was all about. So that was great. So that started something. And then I 
I sold that company. I launched, it was lighting sleeve or, um, candle sleeves. So the fake plastic tubes or faux dripping wax on a, a chandelier. I created a hundred replacement sleeves that were different yeah. colors and patterns. So you could customize your chandelier. Yeah. Very cool. Or your light. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Cool. That's neat. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Really, how that creative. was interesting. Okay. I mean, that was my first product brand and it was the first, pro- our first brand I sold, first company I sold. So um, then I went into fashion and because I had sourced overseas and had a ton of inventory, I wanted to hold no inventory for my next, <laughs> my next brand. And that was a dress that was one size fits most. So I didn't have to, it, my mother-in-law gave me a dress that she had made off of a picture in a magazine in the 1970s. And she's five, three and busty and like, you know, and I'm five, 10 and not, and it would just, but it fit us both. So I had different friends try it on. I was like, I think we can do this. And so went into fashion, but not a fashion person and, and started to take some classes and was like, really not a fashion person. I can't use my fingers the way that you need to. So, um, so a client in with that company had started working in the cannabis business and to earn the cannabis industry in 2015. Mm-hmm. And she told me she was the EA, the executive assistant for CEO of a large holding company that went on to, um, one of their brands is one of the largest cannabis companies in the world. They're based here in Seattle. And so, um, she said, I see all the decks, I see all the deals and no one's doing anything that looks good. There's no design thinking here. And as a creative right. who understood what was like the opportunity to be creative in a new industry, I was shocked that nobody else was really pursuing that. So I was in a position where I could and I did. And so I uh, asked her if she would go out to dinner with me and tell me more. I knew the guy that owned the restaurant and his wife. They overheard what we were talking about and they gave me the seed capital to start Vanderpop, which was my first. Yeah. Wow. So it was pretty cool. I sold it from the time we had that conversation to the time I sold it was 18 months. It's fast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then at that time, I didn't even have my own stash. We, I didn't have my own stash until 2014. So the year before I started having my own weed because it would have gone legal here in Washington mm-hmm. state and you can walk into a store and buy it. Before that, I just would like, if somebody had some, I would say, yeah, usually we were right. drinking and that usually meant it didn't end well for me. I can't mix the two. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good so combo. I just felt like I was this interesting <laughs> people look at me and they're like, you're a soccer mom true that's true my kid does play soccer um but I think that I just sort of no one really knew what to do with me in the industry in a way they're sort of like huh maybe you're the new consumer yeah I guess so but I've always yeah but I oh yeah like I could represent that person and I could also represent the person who I am and who I came into the industry as which was a person who wanted to design cool shit and have a really good time and what I found out very quickly after launch, which was January 2016, was that the plant works with a woman's body in very specific ways. And so we went from being a brand that was all about how things look and you know having a good time to how does this make you feel and how can you make sure that you can replicate that experience when you need it? And you know, not every time you turn mm-hmm. to cannabis as 
something that is an alternative to alcohol or to help with pain or to help you connect. You want it for different things at different times, right? So Vanderpuff is the company and it became really a platform for women to to learn how to use the plant to optimize their life, right? So mm. sold the first time and then we sold again, um, ultimately to the largest cannabis company in the world. And I worked in Canada leading up to legalization up there, federal legalization, and then post-legalization for a couple of years um, until the beginning of 2019. And then I started podcast so I could speak to community on both sides of the border. Um, and my first podcast was cannabis. And then my most recent podcast that I've had for a couple of years is called The High Guide. And we focus on the stuff that gets you high, not CBD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, and then also ketamine, of course, which is what a lot of what we're talking about today. So for those that don't know, fascinating story, by the way, I always, I love hearing people's stories about how did you get from over there to where you are right now? Right. It's crazy to even think about it, you know? Um, so Uh, what is ketamine? Ketamine was discovered in the 1960s and it's been used since the 1970s as an analgesic and an, um, and an anesthesia and an anesthesia. So, um, they use it a lot for kids, right? If they not go under, but maybe Mm. stay in a twilight. I think that my son actually had it when he had something done to his foot. Um, and, and it's been approved by the FDA for use with um, um, treatment resistant depression and uh, major depressive disorder since 19, or sorry, not 19, since um, 2017, 2018. And Mm -hmm. there's only one approved FDA approved drug and that's Bravado. So that might be one that people have heard of because it has a brand Mm. name. And that's covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been approved for depression. Now, ketamine is not illegal. It is. So it's being used off label for therapeutic purposes to help with PTSD, OCD, with pain. So I know that my pain subsided when I started Mm -hmm. ketamine treatment. But um, yeah, we can go more into the science into like how ketamine works with your I mean, it's used a lot for depression. Yeah. So when did, yeah. So how was ketamine yeah. introduced uh, to you and, and what, yeah. And how was that? Well, in you? September, 2021, I moved out of my family home um, and had already mm-hmm. started divorce proceedings. Um, I think we filed that month. We had already done mediation and, you know, Jimmy and I, or my um, co-parent, and I get along. Well, it was very sad super sad. So I proceeded to go into mm. what I now know yeah. was a, a period of functional depression that lasted. Um, mm. I mean, I think I've started to come out of it at the beginning of this year, really. So in order to help me mm. do that, I was smoking weed a lot. That was helping me to like not deal with the fact that I was not seeing my kids all, all the time. You know, just this huge life change. We had been together since we were 22. So over half of our adult our entire adult life and over half our life. So it was like a big transition. And I was contacted because I have a podcast about psychedelics. People reach out to me because they want to have someone maybe from their company on the show and the lead clinician for WonderMed, which is a telehealth, at-home telehealth 
ketamine company. They reached out to me because they wanted, um, yeah, their lead clinician on the show. And I knew from research I had done because I was anti-ketamine. It's just, it's the only psychedelic that's addictive or that has the, um, the propensity for abuse. I know a lot of people right. who really yeah. like it and are very honest about the drawl that they have to this particular drug. And so I just had like caution everywhere, right? Because we believed what pharmaceutical companies told us once, maybe more than once, but in Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I just didn't know if I wanted to be a part of something that we really weren't certain about. And, but I did know that mm-hmm. people were having a lot of success coming off of other substances using ketamine. And I really wanted to curb my cannabis. I gave yeah. myself a year and about a month before that deadline mm-hmm. was up, they reached mm-hmm. out to me. So I did at home, low dose lozenges, ketamine treatments. And after the first treatment, I didn't consume any weed for a month, which is like a big deal. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, That's a lot. I, yeah. then I did my next treatment. So they tell you to do it once a week. And I didn't do it once a week. I did it mm. when I felt like I needed to do it again. I actually just got six. I did four lozenges in my first batch. And then I've got six now. And I will do it as prescribed, which is every single week. Because they want. Right. Want to keep you almost in this, they being like people that prescribe ketamine, want to keep you in this state of um, constantly creating new neural pathways and reprogramming mm-hmm. your brain to approach yeah. the same problem yeah. or challenge or behavior in a new way. So the more you're staying on top of those treatments, yes. the more you're really able to shape, you know, how your brain is coming to different. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's so different about ketamine is that it literally is making changes in your brain and in your mind and in your body and in your life. Like it's, it's, I think of it like, um, maybe not the same, but meditation. So I used to meditate and I was just like, okay, just sit there. But I didn't think anything was happening. But until I learned about more about neuroscience, neuroplasticity, and how your brain is getting rewired and new synapses are being formed and new neural pathways, then I made the connection. I was like, okay, this is why I'm sitting here in meditation. So same thing with ketamine. It's like, there's actually something going on in your brain and it is healing a lot of that trauma that some people, a lot of people just can't get over. Like no matter how much, and I'll share my story soon, but as no matter how much therapy you go through and different things that you try, sometimes it's, there's something stuck there that you just can't get. Out. And ketamine for me is what just completely freed me of that. So I think yeah, ketamine can be very, very powerful. And I, I can remember the guide saying that ketamine will give you what you need. Whatever it is that yeah. you're needing, it's going to give so it to you. So how did you which is do, what cool. was your modality? Were you, did you have an IV drip or? Um, I did, yes. Or okay. it was a yeah. shot actually is what she did. So mine was pretty intense yeah. and instant, like within minutes. But backing up a little bit, the reason I did it uh, years ago, and I've shared the story on the show before, I went through a divorce, much like you. At the same time, my brother died, and then my dog died, and then my cat died. And then I was in like had tons of 
debt. I, I did not have a job. Like it was like the worst of worst times for me. And even though I kind of like, I got back up on, on my feet, I got out of debt. I did a lot of these things to help me. I, and I was going through therapy. I was having a lot of panic attacks because I, I did unfortunately have to watch my brother die, which that was pretty challenging. And I just could not, there was, I almost felt like, again, like something was just stuck. I couldn't, I kept having uh, panic attacks and, and anxiety just for like out of the blue, you know, like, like, wait, where did that come from? You know? Um, and so when I started off on my RV journey across the country, it was the one thing I wanted to do. I was like, I am, and I found out about it at 10,000 Waves in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so I drove from Chicago to Santa Fe. That was my very first stop. And I mean, great yeah. things happen in Santa right. Fe, right? <laughs> yeah. So ketamine or not. But so I went to 10,000 Waves. They had, they were doing like a transformation journey there with ketamine. And I was terrified, I'll admit, at first, because you'd hear all these stories and whatnot. And, but I had a guide, which was critical. I think it was, and I felt so comfortable with her. And I also had a psychiatrist that was there during the entire experience. So like, no matter if something were to happen, like, God forbid, like I was, I would be taken care of. And it was, it's hard to describe, but the whole experience, by the time I came out of it, it seemed like I was in it for minutes and sometimes it seemed like I was in it for days. Um, I felt completely renewed. I felt, um, if anything, I felt like I was finally getting yeah. out of my own way. And this was before I kind of started off on this journey of starting the podcast and everything that I'm doing right now. And I mean, we all stand in our own way, you know, right? It's like, <laughs> And that was the thing I needed the gift. I was like, God, just get out of my own way, you know? But it was a lot of that trauma. I, I literally um, went through that trauma during the ketamine journey, but I wasn't scared of it. I was kind of like, I stood up to it. I was like, all right, you've been holding me back my entire life. Enough is enough. Like, I'm coming out of this and I'm going to be a new person. And I deserve like that. I think that's the biggest thing is feeling worthy of overcoming the trauma and the drama and the shit. And no matter how far back it went, I mean, some of those things, as you know, like you might experience something when you're six years old, but that thread continues as you go into your life. Like when you're twenties or thirties in your relationships, everything. And it felt like that thread just like, well, some of the science. So, thank you for sharing yeah. that because there are a few things, and there are a couple of things yeah. that you said that make sense why ketamine would work. And that is whenever we experience stress mm -hmm. and trauma is stressful, we create cortisol, yes. and cortisol it damages our dendrites, which are synapses in our brain that are part of that. It's called the AMPA, yeah. uh, AMPA receptor system, and it works on norepinephrine. So. Ketamine comes in and it's an antagonist um, so that mm -hmm. those, what happens with cortisol is that those um, receptors 
get overwhelmed. They shut down. They actually curl in so that they can't receive the hormones anymore. And ketamine comes in and repairs them so that they're open again. And so that's why after my second treatment, I sat down at my desk, I have ADHD, and I was shocked at my executive functioning. I just like did my day of work. And so that was one of the questions I had was looking at this for ADHD, because it's really incredible in terms of the different um, systems that it's working on. Also BDNF, it's works on glutamate receptors. That's the big versus serotonin, which is what psilocybin Mm -hmm. works with. So, um, and that also impacts what medication you can take the day you have treatment. Like I can take, you can take an SSRI or an SNRI if you take ketamine, but you can't if you're consuming Mm -hmm. psilocybin. So I'm not surprised that you having treatment, right? You go in there and you repair some of this damage that's from age six, right? All of a sudden you can get your happy hormones again. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me now. But no, that is so, uh, so important to stress again, that it does actually repair. It's not just uh, like positive thinking or, oh, we're just pushing this down and pretending that didn't exist. It literally is making that change in your brain. And then of course, into your life. I, I felt like a completely different person. And the thing is too, I noticed that I felt so different, you know, the day after. And then I did have a little bit of like, whoo, like kind of like a little bit of a slump for 48 hours. And then I came back out of it, but it continues. And they tell you it continues to repair as the weeks go by. And, and then of course I did have follow-up to make sure that I integrated that into my life properly and didn't just, right. you know, yeah, no, the, the 72, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. they say up to five days after you have your treatment, it's when you have the ability to mm-hmm carve new neural pathways, right? Yeah. And yeah. for me, the most significant thing about integration is that you can do it in such simple ways. And it turns out that those very simple ways also help you carve new neural pathways if there's no ketamine involved, right? So that's exercise, time in nature, journaling, yeah. being with somebody who feels good to you, who makes you laugh, mm-hmm. all of those things yes. in the days after a ketamine treatment will just reinforce all the good physical and physiological things that you're doing to your brain. Yeah, that's a good point. So you can do lozenges. What other ways? I'm obviously, I guess that's through Uh injection. So lozenges. What I did. um, Okay. There's been a bit of a change. So um, telehealth medicine during Mm -hmm. COVID, um, the regulations around it changed. So it created this opportunity for ketamine to be delivered to your home. And all of that's changing now. Right. Mm -hmm. So the low dose lozenges, you know, low dose versus a high dose, there's um, benefits to both. So when you did the shot, that's intramuscular. And that is Mm -hmm. like a rocket ship in one very different than the experiences (laughs) that I've had with lozenges. Um, The other option is IV. So intramuscular, it goes mm. in and like you're on your trip and there's not much that a practitioner who's sitting with you can do to modulate, like give you more, give you less. Same thing with the lozenge. Yeah. With an IV drip, there's a lot more ability to be able to get your dosing right. But the feedback that mm-hmm. I've 
that I've heard from one of the guests on our show um, is that you're, you're never unaware that you've got a needle in your arm, which just doesn't feel like something mm. I want to experience when I'm in an altered state. So, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Cause it's not, it's, yeah, it's not very freeing. <laughs> Like you can just concentrate on the healing. Totally. You're like, there's a needle in my so, arm. <laughs> but if you've been depressed for a very, very long time, you need the higher dose modalities like intramuscular or yeah. IV. The lozenges, I think yeah. they've been good for me yeah. because they're convenient. They're also so much more affordable than going and getting a $700 mm-hmm. IV treatment. These are about $100 each. Yeah. So that's also a huge benefit and something that I... You know, if you have to start somewhere, mm-hmm. I would definitely not write that off just because they're low dose. But I, for me, the higher dose right. eventually will be great. So how does somebody actually get either the lozenges or I mean, I know for me, I went, you know, to a retreat center in New Mexico, but anybody that's out there listening and watching, where do they, okay. where well, do they start? If you want to see if you, if you've been diagnosed with treatment resistant depression or major depressive disorder, then your doctor can prescribe Spravato and Spravato is the nasal spray. Hmm. Those treatments, I mean, it's like $3,000 a month, right? So you definitely want to get that wow. covered by insurance if you can. And that is the only yeah. way to have to use that particular medication. I can, we can go into the right. pros and cons of that medication versus the other if you want. Mm-hmm. But um, I, again, if you have to start somewhere and you can get that huge expense covered, I would start with bravado. Um, yes. And then, um, wait, what was the question? Sorry, one more time. Oh, how do you get Oh yeah, where, yeah, where, yeah. IV where would clinics. you start? Where would you? Have it to depends get on that? the state that you live in and what their regulations are Ooh. around ketamine. But you, there are okay. a lot. And in three year time, it went from a hundred ketamine clinics to like five hundred ketamine clinics in the U.S. It's crazy, huge growth between two thousand and nineteen and twenty twenty one. So. And then what about the lozenges? Is that the same thing? You can't get the you lozenges get delivered by mail anymore after May 1st. Oh. So you have to find so you can't get them at a all. provider in your state that is willing to work with ketamine. And okay. then a ketamine um, telehealth company will ship the lozenges to their office and you have to do it with them. Yeah. Versus at home. Okay. 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 And then now does somebody need to be uh, like under the care of a psychologist or anything like that? I, mean, in I think to this do is the hard part, right? Is people don't necessarily feel comfortable talking to yeah. their doctors either because they don't want to feel like yeah. you're not doing this for me. So I'm going to go try this thing <laughs> or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not cutting but, it. I mean, <laughs> while we're on that point, that is so important. People have said that they yeah. feel like yeah. they have done 10 years of therapy in one treatment. So, you know, I mean, I think that having someone you can talk to is also critical, but if this is a shortcut, that's not. And I'm someone, and I, and I don't mean to say this like in some superior way, like I do it all, but I mean, literally since a teenager, I'm like, I do it all. I read books. I do retreats now, but I mean, I have like, since a teenager, I've done um, all sorts of different therapies, reading books, retreats, workshops, you name it, I've done it. And there was, again, there was just that one thing that actually, it, I think it got exacerbated, if you will, 
once, once my brother died and once I went through the divorce and everything, and then I just went into a massive depression and obviously I'm not like the, I'm not a depressed type of person, you know? So for me to get really depressed, like I couldn't get out of bed, it was awful. And so once I found out about that, and I think I shared this with you, I watched um, Fantastic Fungi, the documentary, which I highly recommend everyone out there. It's pretty cool. Um, But that's how I found out about ketamine. And I was like, huh. And, And for me, like I'm not about obviously putting band-aids on things like, oh, I'm just ignore this. If anything, I try to like, you know, handle it head on. Like, let's get this done. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, I got shit to do. <laughs> like, let's handle this trauma. So for me, when I found out about ketamine, I was like, wait a minute, that could be totally. the, the key to unlock that, to open that door and to just give me some relief to not have that those nightmares or the stress and the anxiety, like the out of the blue, like panic attacks. It was like, whoa, like I, you know, I mean, I think for all of us, we all want to be happy. We all want to feel joy. We all want to fulfill our purpose. But if you have this shit that's weighing down on you, you, it's harder to do all that. So I think, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely pro-ketamine for anybody that needs to kind of release some of those things that maybe you have tried a lot of and stuff. Maybe and maybe just have just this, this window, this, this very short period of time where you're reminded of, of who you are and what's in there, right? Yes. So it's, just, it's like yep. anything else. I, know. I don't know what that's like, so I can't imagine myself. <laughs> and when you're so far from who you yes. once been, it's hard to remember, not only remember who that person is, but how do you like re-embody that? So ketamine, I think gives you this opportunity to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a way to kind of uh, get outside of yourself, right? And out of your mind and out of your problems and and almost be able to look at it from a different perspective and go, ah, I got this. Like, no problem. So a lot of people report this feeling of floating above their body and looking down and, and looking, right. <clears throat> looking at their life as if they're this third party observer. Right. And they're able to approach maybe some of the mental blocks or the loops with curiosity. That's the one, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what type of psychedelic, yes. psychedelic you choose or even weed, right? Like if you have this introspective mm-hmm. moment, don't use it as an opportunity to shame yourself or, or to you know, be hard on yourself because you right. did it this way at one time. Be curious, like, how would I do that now? You know, how would I talk to that person now? How would right. I handle that challenge now? Right. Cause you're not the same person. You don't, yeah, you can be happy. You're not going to do it that way. Right. But curiosity, curiosity right. is not exactly curiosity is what will help us from like, yeah. So be more compassionate with ourselves. Yes. Yep. And I think too, I mean, a lot of us, especially at midlife, we go through a lot of things, um, empty nests and divorce and job changes and all sorts of crap going on. And it's such a great opportunity to take yourself to that next level. And in sometimes if you are stuck, even if you're not experiencing major depression or anything like that, sometimes it is good to just get you again, out of your own way. So you can yes. go to live the life that right. you want to live and, and get clarity on what yeah. that looks like. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. 
Um, I was just about to ask you something and now I forgot. Have you had one treatment? Have you had one treatment? All right. So you, oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. I had two, I had two treatments. So for somebody else out there, I mean, everyone's different, right? It depends on what they're going through and who they are. And, and tune, yeah. And tune-ups are also necessary. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I had a treatment. I had four mm-hmm. lozenges in the fall and I'm about to next week, I'll start six lozenges. And I just think that again, mm-hmm. it depends on, you know, what outcome you're looking for, but a tune-up is something that I've heard is, you know, is, mm-hmm. is helpful for a lot of people. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think mine were probably Mm -hmm. a few months apart between the two. And then I had it done by the same person. She didn't do as much the second time. So (laughs) I was like the first time it was a bit nutty. (laughs) But it was all important. Were you able to remember what happened during the treatment, even though that dose was high? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, I was, um, I had so much fear going into it because I was scared of like, what if I experience something really, really dark and I'm not, I don't know how to get through it. And I'm going to be like in this like weird place and how am I, I was terrified of that. And of course, you know, like that was the first thing that I encountered as soon as I, I went under, I hit this really, really dark place. But what was interesting is that, which is, it's hard to even describe it if someone out there has not experienced it, but that I, I almost was able to manipulate the darkness. And all of a sudden I created like this light, like this beautiful canvas in front of me. And I was like, oh, I did that. Like, I was like, oh, I can control it. So when I came out of the whole experience, I thought, wait a minute, if I encounter darkness or crap in my life, I have the power to change that. I don't have to just sit there in the dark, no pun intended, right? I can literally, I have the power totally. to get myself yeah. out of it. So that was like a huge huge thing for me. And I think about that moment all the time, like even, you know, now I still experience shit in my life. But now when I do, I'm like, no problem. You got this. I can change this. Yeah. I mean, psychedelics, the one thing that we should all take away is that we do hold the power within us to get what we want, to change what we need. Yes. Right. Love in a way that, you know, feels good for us and to be loved too. Right. It's all have to decide. Yeah. That's the journey. Yeah. Getting to a yeah, you're, you're ready for all of it yeah. and believe that it's also possible. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So tell oh, us more about the podcast. So I do it seasonally. So the first season was high potency THC products, dabbing, um, concentrates, that sort of thing. Um, and the second season we partnered with an electronic, um, music store. They have, um, they have hardware for electronic music makers here in Seattle. We have seven exclusive mm. audio journeys you can listen to while you're under the influence, while you're in an altered state. Um, and then in between each of those um, audio journeys, we worked with a, a psychonaut, with a person who took two grams of psilocybin, listened to the music, and then reported back on their experience. 
Yeah, that was a good one. And then the third yeah. season, we worked with three women and one facilitator, and they worked through, um, again, psilocybin journeys, and she integrated them from their intention before until after. And so you follow those women's journey throughout the mm. season. And then the fourth season was ketamine for divorce, depression, and dependency, which my personal story. And then I was able to talk to medical experts and just sort of figure out what, yeah, what's going on there. Yeah, so you guys definitely got to listen to that. Uh, the website That's is right. like the, yeah, the, the guy. Mm-hmm. guy. I was giggling about the whole music thing because for somebody that hasn't experienced the whole ketamine journey, yeah. <laughs> it's because when I was in mine, so she was kind of like the guide was like the DJ, if you will, at the same time. So I had the psychiatrist there <laughs> and then the guide. And so she was playing different music. And I remember there was a point where I go, oh my God. I'm like, that is like the worst music ever. <laughs> she, after the whole thing was over, she goes, she said she was dying laughing. She's like, oh my God, I felt so bad. She goes, I put a crappy, because it, it does, like your, your senses are so heightened, right? Everything. That the music is like, it's just like pounding in your head. Yeah. You're, and I was like, oh my God. And then depending on where you're at on the journey. And I talked, believe it or not, I talked the whole freaking time during my ketamine journey. I did not shut off. I was like, if any, I, I always wish they'd recorded it. It was like a whole stand-up comedy oh. act. It was freaking hysterical. Like they were like, I could like in the, I could yeah. hear them laughing way, yeah. way, like as if they were in another world, but I could hear them just dying laughing. I don't know what all I said. But the music does make a difference because, I mean, it can like kind of bring you up or, to, you know, if you're having a moment where you're like, you know, something's about to come about, it's kind of yep. gets quiet or whatever, you know, if you're, or if you're like yeah. coming out yeah. of like, <laughs> you have, have to have yeah. part of your setting, so like cool. your, all the external stimuli, the people, the place, the music, the music is the most yes. critical I say music, but audio is the most critical yeah. part of it for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So is there, is there any, like a website where people can go to find out if there's a clinic or anything yeah. near them? Healingmaps.com. Oh, okay. Healingmaps.com oh, nice. is, yeah, they have a Healing very comprehensive maps. list of okay. ketamine clinics throughout, uh, throughout North America, but maybe the world. Yeah. Very cool. This has been awesome. I don't know if anybody else thought that. Great. Maybe because I can relate well, I'm to just more. I'm like, oh, so yeah, happy that, that you have and that you're open <laughs> about it, right? Because I feel like it has the potential to help so yeah. many people. Um, but I think that yeah. women in particular, right? That's the audience that I really speak to, have to identify, have to know somebody yes. that's done it so it's not so scary, right? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not scary. I mean, once I, once I did it, I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And right. of course I did it again, you know, but <laughs> I, might need yeah. a, I might need a two. For the record, for the record, <laughs> anyone that thinks that this is like fun and like people do love it and they get high. It's great. Yeah. I do not like how it makes me feel yes. actually. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Like in, in some ways I was appreciative of it but to stay in that state i mean uh-huh. i'd explode or something. it's like you're, I, it just you're really I, it's, you have yeah. sea legs like i try to go to the bathroom and i'm still over yeah. yeah you feel and you can people can get nauseous mine was so low dose yeah. that that didn't happen but yeah aside of yeah and i think it and it was so um so critical 
for me, especially to go into it, like, what did I need? Like they had me journal, like, what do you need? What are your intentions? We did, you know, affirmations. We did prayers. We like, we did the whole kit and caboodle. And I mean, there was probably two days worth of work, just preparation before I even did it. So I felt so comfortable and safe that I knew, I mean, to the point where I was like excited. I was like, finally, I'm going to get outside of this BS that I've been dealing with my whole life. So I was like, oh, oh, like it was a gift to my, sounds really corny, but a gift to my soul. Actually, I was like, I'm going to give this to you to give you some peace so we can I think go that, on and live a good life. a great time to give a gift to your soul. <laughs> yeah. You earned it. Yeah. I, sure. yeah, I know. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you, everyone, for joining today. And I'll post this after we're done. And this will thank you so much for having me. As well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you, April. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. Before we part ways, just a few quick reminders of how you and I can connect outside of this fabulous show. Number one, join the Midlife Makeover Club. It's our private Facebook community for all things related to midlife, relationships, health, mindset, and more. You will receive episode updates, interview clips of the show, Instagram live videos, wise words from Wendy, and of course, some wacky words from Wendy. Basically, anything to help you live, love, and laugh through midlife. Just go to the midlifemakeoverclub.com and request to join. We would love to have you. Number two, join us for the next Instagram live show. The cool thing about IG Lives is that you can meet new guests and ask questions live on the show. How cool is that? Just follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and click on live shows on my profile. Number three, check out my Midlife Makeover Method online course available at midlifemakeovermethod.com. In this fabulous four-week online course presented by your hostess of the Midlife Mostess, you will embark on an awesome journey of transformation. I will help you discover your number one wish, uncover your why, and get you taking action towards creating a life you love. Over four weeks, we will go through four phases of seed to flight. You will walk away with a midlife metamorphosis.